if you want to be a leader, if you want to, to progress in your career, that you should take some necessary steps to show that you are committed to what I consider to be self-discipline. And so self-discipline is the idea of maintaining appearance, maintaining your emotions, maintaining your, your work ethic. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for tuning into this episode of While We Were Working, the show that's all about helping small business leaders tackle big HR challenges. And we know that your life is so busy, so we want to give you some things that you may not have paid attention to while you were working. That's right. This is episode 25. And man, where has the time gone? We are almost at 100. I cannot believe it. Uh, usually, I'm joined with my host, Summer. She's on vacation. And I said, you know what? In the spirit of uh, showing people that uh, we at Jumpstart do get the day off, uh, why not I go ahead and tackle the show solo? I haven't done this in a while since my Business Life and Coffee show days, uh, which was another um, show that we've done in the past with over 500 episodes. Um, yeah, wait, 500? No, that's a lie. This will be 500 though. But uh, I think we're like 291, 291 episodes on, on Business Life and Coffee. So if you haven't had a chance to go over and subscribe to that, check it out. Um, but yeah, I wanted to show, you know, that we get the day off. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. And so sometimes you just want to take a break, unplug, relax. So I'll go ahead and get started with my Hilo Buffalo. And if you don't know about Hilo Buffalo, you're missing out. Hilo Buffalo is our weekly moment where we talk about things that have been going well, things that have, uh, you know, got us down. So what is our low? And then Buffalo is like a random fact that we have to share. So my high of the week is that I finally am getting a chance to take a look at the final episodes of Ozark. I am a big Ozark fan. I don't know if you all watched the Netflix series, but uh, it's been one that I've looked forward to watching as they've released four seasons now of the show. And unfortunately, my low of the week is that this is the this is the final countdown. This is the end, and I just you know. I hate when a good Netflix series goes away because then how am I going to fill my time? So I, uh, I'm excited about Ozarks, bummed out about Ozarks, but my Buffalo of the week is just a shout out to all the moms out there, whether you are a working mom, whether you are a, uh, stay at home mom, whether you have, you know, graduated kids who've gone on and you know now you're a mom of adult kids and anyone who's a mother figure to anyone um i definitely want to shout out you know my mom my wife who's an excellent mom 
and all of the mothers in our community, especially the ones that uh, take care of and look after my kids. So super excited about Mother's Day. How did you celebrate? Let me know. Did you go out to dinner? Did you do a craft? Did you exchange gifts? We'd love to hear how you celebrated Mother's Day because uh, it's such an important holiday. And I'll just say, keep that same energy for Father's Day because fathers are awesome too. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our first segment, which is going to be while we were working. And while we were working is uh, our chance to share a news article, commentary, thoughts, feedback about something that caught our attention this week or uh, thereafter. And so this week's episode, we're going to be tackling the topic uh, on dressing for success. Matter of fact, there was a BBC article that I was fortunate enough to lend comments to uh, entitled, Does Dressing for Success Still Matter? And the article was written by Joe York, who is a great journalist. If you haven't had an opportunity to check out some of her work, just Google Joe York, uh, check her out on Twitter. She does great work. Um, but the, the premise is because so many offices have now switched to remote or hybrid, and we've just kind of been exhausted with these past two to three years of living and working within a pandemic, there's been a bit of a realignment of what we think is professional dress or what we require as professional dress. And uh, that begs the question, does dressing for success still matter? Is that still a thing? And what you'll find in the article are a few perspectives on it. Um, but I wanted to share mine as well as invite you to share your uh, thoughts on this article too. Um, because my thing is that people are always looking for uh, your professional brand. They want to see your professional brand or your personal brand, how you show up to work every day, your commitment, your work ethic. And part of that is your attire. And so while I don't think that everyone should be pressured to, uh, or anyone rather should be pressured to, you know, get an expensive outfit or do something that is uh, going to put them in debt financially, uh, you know, always keeping suits dry cleaned or, getting new shoes every month or anything like that, that's going to be an extraordinary, extraordinary expense. Um, I do think that it's important for you to, um, if you want to be a leader, if you want to, to pro progress in your career, that you should uh, take some necessary steps to show that you are committed to um, what I consider to be self-discipline. And so self-discipline is the idea of, um, maintaining appearance, maintaining your uh, emotions, maintaining your your work ethic, and your ability to be a self starter, uh, and and that manifests in many ways, but it also manifests in how you dress. So I can I can give you uh, another thing to think about too, and that's just this intersection of uh, your perception and how people receive you, and then your personal brand. So my personal brand, I often say that, uh, you know, I am the skinny jean CEO or I believe that you can be comfortable and sharp at work. And so 
I may wear a formal top, but nowadays you'll see me in slim jeans uh, or, or, or joggers even or, or slacks that have a, a, a tapered cut and sneakers, um, but not just any sneakers. They're either luxury sneakers or classic sneakers that I've, I've kept really clean. And it's all because as a modern, young or young-ish uh, CEO, I want to show people that um, you can be successful and you don't have to wear a suit every day. Or you can accomplish a lot and, and be invited into rooms and you don't have to wear a suit every day. Um, however, though, that with that being my personal brand, I also have to keep in mind of perception. And so perception is people's uh, thoughts or opinions or uh, judgments about you. And whenever I'm attending a conference or if I am going to a networking event or if I am, you know, an invited guest somewhere or a speaker somewhere, I always have to take into account what is the perception of professionalism in that environment. And I will um, bend accordingly or adjust accordingly in order to make sure that I understand the rules and the culture that I am uh, stepping into. So uh, an example of that would be, you know, if, if I'm speaking at a conference and it's in person and there's 500 people in the audience and it's a professional setting, I am most likely to wear a suit. Uh, I did that most recently at, uh, at UKG's conference in, in November where I was a speaker on two panels and you better believe that I wore my suit. Uh, I didn't wear a tie, but I did wear a suit and a, and a press shirt. Um, but let's say I'm going to a tech community meetup here in Baltimore and uh, I know the companies that are hosting it. I kind of get a vibe and I know the vibe of the Baltimore tech community. Uh, I'm going to go in there with jeans and a polo and a blazer or jeans and a collar shirt and a blazer. Something that, that is more on brand with my brand uh, because that's kind of the environment that, that is also uh, reflective of, of you can wear, you know, a relaxed dress code. But, but not everybody's in that, in that space. You know, a lot of people wear uh, uniforms to work or their specific attire. So, you know, it's a, it's a big conversation. It's an evolving conversation. But my two cents is just that you should uh, dress for success as long as you are in a role where your ability to elevate and move on to the next thing um, allows you to, or is, is somewhat dependent on other people, right? So if you have to impress, if you have to be affirmed by, or if someone has to vouch for your ability to step into a role, um, you should absolutely continue to dress for success. And uh, the other thing I will say about that too is there's a, a, another part of this conversation, which is the diversity component. And um, with, with that being the case, sometimes we are uh, unfairly uh, judged if we dress in a matter that is authentic to our culture or heritage 
or pays homage to our culture, our lived experiences, our heritage. Um, and I think that that is something that has changed a little bit in, in recent years, but it should be eliminated altogether. I think we should be inviting people to bring a little bit of their culture and heritage and lived experiences uh, into the workplace so that they can inspire people who also share their culture, lived experiences and heritage to, you know, wear their, wear their style or wear their swag. And, and I think it's, I think it's cool. I think it's cool to see um, people, people wearing their, wearing their history um, and wearing their heritage. So uh, that's all I have to say on the topic, but make sure you check out that article. It's called Does Dressing for Success Still Matter? In the BPC, we have a link in the show notes. So I want to make sure that you pay attention to that. And now go ahead and jump into the next thing. As you know, every week we are hosted by uh, Jumpstart HR. Jumpstart, we provide HR outsourcing for small businesses and startups all across the US who are looking for a dedicated partner to help them get their organization to the next level, whether that's through recruitment, organizational development, diversity, equity, inclusion, employee relations management, performance management, you name it. If it's under the HR umbrella, that's a strong chance that we can help you. So if you'd like to learn more about our services, make sure you visit us over at jumpstart-hr.com and find the contact form. And we'd love to hear from you. So schedule a 15-minute call with our team today. Going to jumpstart-hr.com slash contact. All right. So let's jump into Consultants Corner. And Consultants Corner is our time to talk about some of the things that we're seeing, some of the uh, issues that customers have that they want us to discuss on the show. And also from the community, from our listeners, from our folks in social media spaces who submit questions for us to take a look at and to answer uh, honestly and truthfully and, and, and from the trenches. So uh, this week, we have a topic that I am well-versed in. I probably could tackle this topic with my eyes closed. And it is uh, a, a user-generated question. Um, or a listener generated question. Now, if you have a question that you want us to tackle, make sure that you send us an email to hello at jumpstart-hr.com. And that's where we will be able to tackle uh, questions um, that you submit to the show. All right. So this question is all about outsourced HR for small business. And uh, I'd love to hear, you know, what is the setup at your small business? Are, do you have a, a consultant? Do you have outsourcing? Do you have an HR department of one? Is your management team doing the HR function? Would love to, would love to hear about that. Uh, and, and so let us know. Um, but this question is, when hiring an outsourced HR company, what should we be looking for? All right. So what should we be looking for when you are looking to find an outsourced company? Um, I wanted to break it down into four things because there, I believe, are four components to 
successfully identifying and evaluating an HR partner that can work for your company. Uh, when I started my business, I, I will rewind and go back even further and say, uh, before I started my business, I had no idea that I would start an HR outsourcing company, HR consulting company. No idea at all. I just knew that I was uniquely um, passionate and uh, skilled and um, desiring to help small businesses get to the next level and grow uh, or get to the next level and get rid of some of the bad habits that they have. Uh, because I think that um, small businesses are awesome. Small businesses power a lot of America. Uh, small businesses become big businesses. And uh, I never thought that I was going to create a company like this. I just thought I was going to work at a small business for the rest of my life and, um, you know, climb the corporate ladder or maybe ultimately go to a larger firm. But I realized, no, you know, I really like, I really like small business because there are so many um, nuances to a small business that you don't see in a medium sized to larger enterprise that if you're really going to uh, successfully support a small business, you should know those nuances. And so I'll break down the four keys to um, identifying an outsourcing partner. And at the same time, give you some, some red flags sprinkled in there. Okay, so the first thing you wanna look for for a good match is uh, the company's history and credibility. So when I say company history, that could mean everything from how long have they been in business, who are the founders, who's on the leadership team, what is their experience in solving uh, businesses uh, challenges like like you have, um, and what is their credibility? So with credibility, it could be you know what are their ratings on uh, Better Business Bureau? Uh, what do their reviews say? What do testimonials say on their website? Uh, are they actively a part of any community groups or community organizations? Uh, board appointments. Um, you want to see that the company you're reaching out to is an active member of, of, a, of a community if they're, if they're not in your community, uh, but a community. And you want to make sure that, you know, there's a, there's a footprint for this company outside of their website. You'd be so surprised that um, some companies are very hard to find. And I'm not even talking about just in the HR outsourcing space because I don't want to kind of make this a, us versus them kind of thing. But companies in general, you should be pretty uh, leery of if it's hard to find any representation of them outside of their company website. Um, so you want to make sure that there's history and credibility. Um, the other thing you want to do is evaluate their trustworthiness and expertise. So uh, and I, I mean, you know, this can apply for an outsourcing partner. This can apply for a uh, career coach or a resume writer or anyone who is aligned in the field of human resources to help you solve a problem. So if you are looking in the market for a coach, 
of some sort, then you want to make sure that you're also applying these rules. I want to keep this relevant for people who may not be uh, fully looking for HR um, outsourcing at the moment. Um, so the second thing is trustworthiness and expertise. Okay. When you are talking to them, do they seem trustworthy? Do they have the experience that you're looking for? Uh, have they done the work that you're looking to get done? All of these things are important to evaluate. Do they have references that you can talk to? Um, when you talk to the references, do they cooperate that this is a, a great uh, company for you to partner with? Um, and then, you know, the employees or team members, are they also trustworthy when you get a chance to talk to them? Do they feel like they've been here before and they can do the work that you need them to do? The other thing that you want to look at is the approach. So you want to look at how that company is attempting to solve your problem and if it works with the way that your company works. So we have a very specific business model and we do it for a reason, right? But there may be other freelancers out there. There may be other companies out there that do it a little bit differently and they may have their reasons. So it is up to you to decide if their approach makes sense for your business needs. One example might be uh, if you need someone who comes on site, uh, that is a, a something to evaluate. Uh, if you need someone who has specific years of experience in a particular industry, if you need specific certification, if you, um, you know, would rather have a, a dedicated person as opposed to a call center or a help bank. Um, these are different things that you have to evaluate with their approach. Uh, another aspect about approach is pricing. What is their pricing structure? Does that fit your budget? Does it fit the way that you work with other vendors, right? So you want to make sure that you have a framework for how you like to work with uh, partners and see that that company can align and help you um, in the way that you like to be helped. And then the last thing is that there's an alignment of values. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're working with a partner that can reflect your values because there may be certain instances where your HR partner stepping in, acting as your representative. And so if there isn't a clear alignment of values between your two organizations, um, maybe that's not a good fit. You, you might also want to ask the person that you're speaking with, you know, what are your company values? What do you prioritize? What do you not prioritize? And why is that? You want to do this because it's going to help you get to a point of understanding if this is a company that believes what you believe, that values what you value, that invests in what you invest in. And that sort of alignment can make all of the difference. That makes all the difference of uh, this company feeling like an integrated partner with your team, um, an integrated partner with your board, if you have a board of advisors or a board of directors. So, uh, you want to make sure that there's an alignment of values. But those are my uh, 
qualities and traits. I would love to hear yours. Um, maybe if you have evaluated outsource partners in the past or vendors to work on a project, what are some of the things that you've looked for? Um, I think that it's, it's always important to know why you um, make a decision in your company and you want to make sure that you uh, have people that you bring on board that align with your, uh, with your values. So that is my solo episode of while we were working, man, it's so fun to be with you. I do, I do miss summer. I know she's, she's resting. Uh, so I can't wait to have her join me on screen again and, uh, looking forward to you checking out this episode, whether it's LinkedIn podcast, whatever, if you enjoyed it, Share it with your colleagues, share it with friends, and uh, can't wait to see you until next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Got more questions? Then make sure you check out whilewewereworking.com for more tips and resources. Or shoot us a message on social media. See you next week.